0: Welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. It's, um, it's good to be with you again. Um, this is Craig McConnell, and I'm with um, my sidekick, Morgan Snyder. Um, we're looking forward to just talking and conversing and pray and hope that our conversation encourages you. Morgan, you, you've mentioned before um, when you turned 30, what was it that you did in mm-hmm. terms of getting wisdom, counsel, insight into the 30s?
1: Yeah, turning 30 was a major transition on a soul level for me, and I found myself really needing to hear from God for perspective and for clarity, for guidance. And um, that took me on a journey to seek the counsel of older men, wiser men, men who I respected, to really ask questions and lean into them and say, what's it like? What should the 30s be about? What are the pitfalls, um, the warnings, the red flags that you want to throw? What should a man be looking for and pursuing? And so that was four years ago. I've spent the last four years seeking uh, the oldest, wisest men I could find. And then I interviewed you on the side. (laughs) I was waiting for that. There you go. So, yeah, one of those conversations I pulled out my notes and enjoyed realizing it was four years ago that we sat outside of the outpost in some folding chairs with a cigar, and I had asked you earlier, and you had put some thoughts together of what you'd want to share with me, and it was really fun. I enjoyed, even this morning, just showing this to you, and um, so we're sitting in front of the notes of what you shared with me four years ago, and Craig, just react to even seeing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... So I typed up some brief little snippets of wisdom and it's titled uh, words from a fifty three year old Los Angelino to a thirty year old punk from Pittsburgh. And <laughs> it's it is funny because I'm I'm thinking, wow, these these were my ten or twelve things to say to you and I'm if I was to write this list, give it some thought, it'd probably look very different today. Yes, yes. So that's interesting. Yes. And one of my points to you um, that would illustrate that is uh, for you to know, Morgan, for young men, for every man really to know that um, so much of what we believe and uh, are passionate about and are the kind of push uh, hot buttons in our own heart and soul and mind change over time. Yes. What we – what we believe about God, life, problems, our own selves in time yes. is going to change. And yes. therefore, a humility about those things. So uh, mine indeed have changed. So, yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate – I wish I could show a picture of how you wrote this, but most of the counsel you gave were in these um, – small word bites that uh-huh. are, that are in juxtaposition uh-huh. it's almost a a, a stable tension mm-hmm. where it's uh, on one hand it's this idea mm-hmm. but contrasted to on the other extreme it's this idea and both are true and they're held in a balance yeah. and think I Craig you just articulated the one where on the far left side you have live with conviction yeah. and then on the far right side on the notes you have but Know that most of what you believe now will change in the next decade and that we live in a reality that both are true. Mm -hmm. And just that piece of counsel, it's amazing, Craig, how much that's shaped these years because Mm -hmm. we tend to – live in one or the other Mm -hmm. camp, we tend to live with this pride of, no, we have it figured out and we don't have ears to hear. Mm -hmm. Or we live with this sense of, what do I know? I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, But when we live in this stable tension with both, it gives us this confidence to live with passion and conviction. And as you said, this humility to know, even though I'm absolutely certain of this, it probably and most likely will be very different mm-hmm. ten years from
0: now. So it's true, yeah. Put down, uh, uh, know his heart, and uh, and know your own heart. Mm-hmm. How's that gone for you, Morgan? Do you you come to know his heart, and you know, your own heart, in the last four years?
1: Um, in a very convicting way. As I look at those words, I realize. Looking back over the last four years, it seems like God will have these seasons or these phases where he's trying to teach me something that's about him, about his character, about his nature, about his way. Um, And I just think of one short example. When my wife was very ill two years ago, uh, I was at the registration counter receiving men for a Wild Heart boot camp, and this guy came in with tears in his eyes saying – you guys have saved the life of my family. And what he didn't know is my family's falling apart and Uh, my wife's at home sick and I'm a disaster, she's a disaster, and I just wanted to fall apart. And I heard this little voice that came um, that said, look, you can save other families, but you can't save your own. And um, I didn't know where that came from. And I didn't know what that was. And we were sitting in the sound booth that first night for the boot camp just saying, where's that from? Where's it from? Is that a line from a movie? Is that – and then I thought, I think that's actually in the Bible. And so I started looking it up and I realized um, it was the accusation sent against Jesus of you can save others but you can't save yourself. Here Mm. he is on the cross. Mm. And I look back and I realize in that moment for the very first time in my life, the category of suffering became personal. Mm. It's where I went, oh. I can't make sense of my life, Mm -hmm. my wife's situation, my marriage, but I do know that God has just invited me into a Mm -hmm. new place of knowing his heart, Mm -hmm. and it's something about suffering. Mm -hmm. This is totally new and unfamiliar waters, and because of this counsel, Mm -hmm. there was something in me that said, I don't need to figure this out. Just receive it as God is showing me something about his heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was an example of knowing his heart, and then knowing my own heart. It's amazing Mm -hmm. how... Um, the pressure and the inundation of demands in the 30s has just pushed to the surface so much brokenness in me and ways I relate that hurt people and have negative impact. Um, and I've pursued those of more healing and more restoration there. And at the same time, I've learned a lot about my strengths, my passion, uh, where my strength lies and where it doesn't. And so that's been a fun um juxtaposition, knowing his heart and knowing my heart.
0: Yeah. Um, Two of those uh, points of tension as well, tying in with what you said, I I suggested that you remember the mythic nature of life, that Morgan, all that being true of your struggles, weaknesses, um, your immaturity, your need for journey, which is all appropriate at this age and stage of life, Mm -hmm. that at the same time, there's something mythic. About your life, even mm-hmm. now, and on the other hand, don't take yourself too seriously. Like. Yes, I mean you are a world changer, mm. Morgan. Mm. Just don't take that too seriously. Yes, you know yes. that tension.
1: That counsel's so good in this decade because, as one mentor said, you know these are the hidden years. Mm-hmm. It's the years of middle management. It's the years where your greatest strength and your greatest struggle often goes unseen by many. And to remember that your life has a, a mythic nature, a destiny, that there's some imprint of the heart and character of God that he's wanting to bring through me and through every person mm-hmm. that the world won't see if we don't bring it. And yet that counsel to just not take it too seriously, I can't, I can't emphasize enough the number of men that I sought counsel from in the last four years that have said, relax, enjoy, Mm -hmm. exhale, don't take life too
0: seriously. Be a 30-something man.
1: Exactly. Be a 30-something. Do those things that are available to you because you're 30 Mm -hmm. that are fleeting, like um, cuddling with Joshua last night and Mm -hmm. watching The Karate Kid. Yeah. Coming home to my two children in the first rain of the spring season last night and seeing them in their raincoats and snow boots, (laughs) building a dam in the curb, you know, where the water is draining down the side of the road. And rather than going inside, throwing on a rain jacket and getting in the water with them. I mean, you don't get that later on in life. So, yeah, not taking life too seriously.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing. Morgan, you you've hit on it a little that I didn't put down here that I that I would. I've actually thought of this as soon as I saw this sheet. Um, I think I would say to a man in his thirties that um, this is going to be a decade where you're bumping up against life not going as you wished or thought or wanted it to go. There's a lot of of. Um, of trying to make life work, trying to achieve, trying to establish yourself. And sometimes I think younger men lose the fact that that God just does not allow life to unfold the way we want to take us to places of deeper dependency upon him, to Mm -hmm. look to him. But it's almost like – there's probably other words, but learning to deal – on a whole new level, with life doesn't always unfold the way you think, want, yes. or need it to.
1: Yes, yes, and that's so true, Craig, about this decade because you know, one of the sobering pieces of the decade of the '30s for most men is your life matters to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a requirement to come through, mm-hmm. and there's consequences to your decisions when life isn't working and we've relied on our gifting ability or are trying to make life work outside of God, it can feel like the end of the road. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, it feels like, oh, what if God's after something deeper, something more through this, that the thwarting is actually coming from yes. God? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Craig, you had mentioned in this council these two words, to laugh more. Mm -hmm. And to cry more. Mm -hmm. Say more about
0: that. Um, I think what I'm saying there is the human heart has such capacity to feel, to laugh, to weep. And someone who's laughing and someone who's crying is someone who's observant, Mm. sees realities, and is, I think – Weeps with those who weep, laughs with those who laughs. There's something about being alive that um, just uh, is manifest. and we spend a lot of time laughing or crying. I think – I forget who it was. Someone said most of life is is either worshiping or grieving. Mm. There's joy and there's ache. Mm. We live in Act 3. Um and you don't want to just do one. You don't want to laugh your way through life. Um, you're not seeing clearly if that's the case. But it is important to laugh. That speaks of a heart that sees the joy and the humor and God's presence. Nor do you want to just cry. There's a lot of things to grieve about. Um, but we do need to cry. I think to be moved by a movie or a song or a sad face or a reality of – Um, people suffering and losses, Um, God is either, I think, laughing and crying, and so should we. And I think what I'm saying is you have permission to do those Mm. things. You ought to. Mm -hmm. You'll find yourself growing older, doing it much, much more. Start now.
1: Well, as you say that, I think this council gave me permission Mm. because before I heard that from you, think I would assumed, yeah, those are okay. Those are appropriate. But the truth is I didn't give myself permission. Mm-hmm. And after this or the last four years, what I practice was letting that happen. Mm-hmm. If I was on the verge of feeling the emotion welling up in the tears, rather than trying to stuff it down or push through it to embrace it and leave room for it. I went, um, had the new year's day by myself and went cross country skiing and and just this beautiful day in the wilderness of Colorado and fresh snow first tracks and I was driving home and from being outside something in my heart just opened and I put on this this country music CD I have and this song just somehow grabbed me yeah. and I could feel I had a choice to go there or not and because of this counsel I just said I don't really understand what this is but I'm not going to try to figure it out I'm just going to give permission yeah. and I just wept and 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 it it was a place that I was able to encounter God that I would have missed.
0: Yeah, I think someone who's human laughs, yeah. fully human yeah. and cries. The other thing is I think laughter, joy, um, as well as grief and crying and pain, they both lead us to God. Mm. You mm. know, they both take us there to feel the realities of life and relationship and loss and beauty is is to be driven to God. Someone who laughs and cries probably knows God. Mm.
1: So, Craig, um, right at the center of this text Mm -hmm. and the counsel you gave was this statement that really um, has guided me when you said, love the Lord your God and love others. Uh, It sounds simple, and yet it's so profound. It Mm -hmm. takes me to a Gerald May quote from Addiction and Grace where Mm -hmm. he said in the 25 years of walking with people, he's found that, The deepest yearning of the human heart is to love, Mm -hmm. to be loved, Mm -hmm. and to move ever closer to the source of love. And I think that having said all the counsel you gave and other things we can't get to Mm -hmm. today um, and other things that are just personal between you and Mm -hmm. I, I think that counsel has been the most formative Mm -hmm. of what does it look like to love? What does it Mm -hmm. look like to receive love? And what does it look like to move ever closer to the source Mm -hmm. of love? Mm -hmm.
0: To put it simply, Morgan, all holiness, to know God, spirituality, maturity, I think the one place it is seen and tested most clearly is in how we relate to God and to others. And we can present ourselves as relating to God in ways – that uh the way we relate to others contradict and expose is just simply religious so everything that counts in terms of character and spirituality has to be seen and can ultimately only be seen in some ways between our relationships with one another. Period end of story in my book. That's good well it's just good To Just think about um, what are the stages of life these decades, and and Morgan living in his 30s has given much thought to to what is it that God seems to be doing with men in their 30s and then other stages in their life. And here's the question. What is God doing in this stage of your life? Hmm. What is he after? What would nurture your heart? What would further your walk with God, with Christ? What does your heart need? What, what is God working on in your character? Where is he taking you? What's he up to?
1: And so, Father, we pray that each person listening would give permission mm-hmm. and access to mm-hmm. you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. to do the work that you long to do in their life, in this season, on this day. Amen.
0: If you'd like more information or resources from Ransomed Heart, go to our website at You'll find a, a whole host of things that will help you in your walk with Christ.